Hi, everyone. It's Susan here with a quick message before we start the episode today. As many of you know, Emily's brother, Adam, had been battling leukemia for some time. And so it is with a heavy heart that I am giving you the news today that Adam Martin passed away on November 30th. We recorded this episode just a couple of days later, so Emily is not part of this episode as she is with her family. But we are sending them all of our love. And we hope that you will help us in honoring Adam's life by donating in his memory to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. You can do that by visiting donate.lls.org and making a gift in Adam's memory. We in the squad only got to know Adam briefly, but we're really happy that he got to join us for an episode. And if you want to hear him and see what a cool guy he was for yourself, check out our episode on The Girl with All the Gifts, where he was way more prepared than any of the rest of us were to talk about the book and the movie. We love you, Emily. We love you, Adam. Rest peacefully. Puppies and kitties, books and movies. Yes, we love these. Listen to this podcast, please. Edward says, hello, and welcome to Book Squad Goals. Hi. (laughs) Book Squad Goals. Yeah, here we are. Hey, we're here. And today we're discussing The Girls by Emma Klein. And so there's a quiz because we love to do these quizzes. And this one's about serial killers, which is related to the book. And you'll see how shortly. Oh, my God. So let's pull up this quiz here, which we will link to in the show notes so that everyone can find out which famous serial killer you are. It's very official on crimemuseum.org. Exactly. <laughs> I had to take a bunch of these to find the one I wanted to use. <laughs> so <laughs> so you already know who you are? Well, I also know which fictional serial killer I am. Like it, Anyway, but I won't get into that. That was a whole different quiz. Okay, so the first question here is pick a city. Choices are New York, Seattle, Chicago, Miami, Los Angeles, and New Orleans. Um, all right. So I'm going to go first, and I guess I'm going to pick New York because I live here. <laughs> um, I was I was born in Miami, though, so I could have picked that. But no, I don't like Miami. I'm going to pick New York. I'm going to say, even though I've never been there, Seattle. <laughs> even though I've never been there. Because I like it to be cold and rainy. <laughs> It's because Mary loves Twilight. That's it. That's the secret reason. (laughs) I'm picking New Orleans because it's one of my favorite cities. And I have been there. (laughs) What's your favorite season? I don't need to read the choices because you'll know there are only four. My favorite season is fall because that's when Halloween is. And it's also kind of when my birthday is. My birthday is technically on the, like, fringe of summer and fall, but... I consider it a fall birthday, so going to go for fall. I'm going to say winter because I like it being very cold. Cool. No, cold. I said... <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I love fall, too. It's my birthday's in the winter, and I hate the winter, so don't care about my birthday. 
I care about Halloween and the leaves changing. And pumpkin spice. Yeah. I said it. Yes. Mm. (laughs) And candy. Yes. All right. So what do you want for dinner? Chicken? Mm. Pizza? Pasta? A very rare steak? (laughs) Sushi? (laughs) Shrimp gumbo? Salad? Or a hot dog? (laughs) Wow. I could – it – you laugh at the hot dog, but I just, uh, hot dogs. I'm laughing at the range you know, of choices. You just want a hot it's dog. like it goes from sushi to yeah, hot dog. Yeah, honestly, I could have any one of these. <laughs> the only one I would not choose would be salad. But yeah, salad um, sucks. Like, why would I? Like, <laughs> the word want and the word salad don't really go together for right, me. But yeah. um, I guess I'm gonna choose sushi because that's always like my go-to like I'm gonna treat myself meal mm-hmm. so you know it says what do you want for dinner I'm guessing like dinner tonight kind of been jonesing for a hot dog <laughs> well <laughs> at least you're honest so I'm gonna get a hot that's dog that's why you immediately said don't laugh at the hot dog because you knew as soon as you saw yeah, I'm picking I was thinking, hot dog I kind of want a hot okay, dog I'm also yeah. picking sushi because I love sushi and that is my treat myself <laughs> meal too. Yes, I do love sushi. Well, not more than hot dogs, so we'll go hot. Yeah, dog. apparently not. <laughs> not today. Okay, here's where the questions uh, get a little more directly about murder. How would you kill your victims? <laughs> you only get four choices: bludgeoning, stabbing, shooting, or strangling. Also, I don't know if I ever said this, but this is Kelly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, everyone. Uh, I'm gonna go with stabbing this is hard i don't feel like i have the fortitude to do any of this <laughs> well i could i could stab so I someone guess. i think <laughs> i like knives <laughs> i'm gonna say hmm i'm gonna say shooting because it seems really quick fair i hate to keep choosing the same thing as kelly but i would also pick <laughs> stabbing just because stabbing's a solid choice thank you and also like bludgeoning that sounds terrible yeah mm-hmm. to happen to you or to do and the word itself just sounds awful so and it's very stabbing. very messy yes yeah well not that stabbing is you, you get it quicker you know like i feel like stabbing is gonna be bloody but bludgeoning you're gonna have like skin shit hap- like all kinds of Ugh. stuff it's gonna be going yeah. everywhere. I, the words mm-hmm. brain matter are flashing in the yeah. head which brain i don't matter. want <laughs> all right now we're going more educational pick a college major political science gender and sexuality studies business music history pre-law or religious studies um religious studies and salad are on par yeah each other pretty much yeah. pretty much um i am sort of torn between gender and sexuality studies and music but i think i'm gonna go with music because i considered doing music as like my path when i was in high school so Mm, cool what did you play uh piano and i sang i used to love like singing was really my thing and i sing us a song to like no i'm kidding does everyone (laughs) do that to you though as soon as someone says they can sing they're like oh do it yeah exactly (laughs) and i'm like um first of all (laughs) i haven't like been been singing like for a long time so i can't like I don't, like, warm up my voice anymore. You have to, like, practice. Singing is a muscle. And if you stop singing, you, like, you can get good at it again. But, like, I'm not good at singing right now. But I still love it. So I'm going to choose music. Well, I'm tone deaf, though. So 
I wouldn't know. If you sang for me, I'd probably be like, that was the best I've ever heard. I'll sing for you privately off air, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Look forward to it. I'm mm, going to say gender and sexuality studies. Yeah. Because I've taken some queer theory classes and used that in my research sometimes. Seems like the best. I actually did do um i didn't major in it but like during my master's program i did like a graduate certificate in gender studies just like for fun Mm. but i'm not gonna pick it because if i went to college right now i would pick political science and that's what i'm gonna yeah i'm not smart enough for that (laughs) yes you are (laughs) donald trump is the president so uh, like do do politics he has a political science (laughs) politics and intelligence have anything to do with each other really does he even have a degree to be honest um yeah i I think they gave him i feel like it's like yeah yeah, it's like an honorary certificate yeah i like some of my family members kept telling me he has a doctorate you know and i'm like yeah an honorary doctorate yeah yeah not the same thing sorry nah god um okay okay what's your best quality is it my charming personality, my leadership skills, <laughs> my free spirit, my passion, or my intelligence? Uh, this is another one of those questions that feels really awkward to answer for yourself. I feel like none of these for me. <laughs> none of yeah. the above is not a choice. Should we answer for each other yeah. like we did that other time? I think so. Sure. Okay. I'm going to say... So this is for Kelly. Hmm. Do you think you have a free spirit, Kelly? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I was like gonna say, to myself, yeah, you feel, <laughs> you feel like the freest spirit of the group. So of I the group, say, yeah, because you I'm, live in New York. I'm somehow both the skeptic of the group and the free spirit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you contain multitudes. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll go with it then. All right. So Mary, Mary. I None think of the above. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think maybe either your charming personality mm. or your intelligence. Not that you don't possess these other qualities, but what do you think, Susan? I was going to say intelligence or passion. Oh. So we both said intelligence, so maybe So we have to pick I'll intelligence, yeah. Yeah. Susan. Well, it's not leadership skills. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like Susan could be a lot of these things. Maybe passion? I would say passion because you work really hard. Yeah. And you have a lot of interests. Yes. Okay. Murder being one of them. <laughs> I'm so passionate about yep. murder. No. Okay. <laughs> you just won the lottery. What are you going to do with the money? This is where everyone finds out how terrible all of us probably are with money. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Choices share it with my friends, invest it, buy a new car pay off my student loans, what I should do, <laughs> go on my dream vacation, live off it for the rest of my life, or buy a lavish new home. Um, couldn't I do several of these things? Yes. yes. Like, I would, I would, like, invest part of it and then go on a dream vacation. I feel like my dream vacation isn't going to cost, like, the, the whole lottery. Main, the whole lottery. <laughs> okay, maybe so, it's like, what would you do first? All right. I guess I'm going to go on my dream vacation then. 
I've got to say the image for this is hilarious. It's a man in a business suit. <laughs> yeah, this quiz smiling. has some really good like stock photo images. <laughs> yeah, he's smi- He's a man in a business suit, smiling and throwing money in the air, but crumpled which- money, and it's like five dollar bills. They are all that's, five dollar bills. That's so weird. That's the money that you get from the lottery. It's all the lost five dollar bills in the country. <laughs> they gather them up in a bucket. I want it in very small bills. Yeah. I will say I would pay off my student loans. If Joe listens to this, <laughs> he would be really pissed if I didn't say pay off my student loans. But I, <laughs> but I would want to go on a vacation. So <laughs> I would say a dream vacation. <laughs> and he might not listen. He probably won't. But if he does, you can – he'll at least know that I acknowledged what he would prefer – but answered it yes. on my own. <laughs> Dream vacation. I'm independent. You can't hold me down. Okay. <laughs> See, you are a free spirit, Susan. <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Or just, like, <laughs> dangerously bad with money. Um, okay, pick a decade. 1970s, 1990s, 1830s. That's the outlier here. That is Nineteen 1960s or 1980s. Uh, I don't really want to go to any of these. I mean, I guess it's not which one do you want to go to. It's just which one. I'm going to go with, like, what what decades pop culture do I like to consume? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with the 80s. I'm going to say the 90s. Fair. I knew I was going to pick 80s before I even saw the choices, so. <laughs> no one wants 1830s? I mean, anyone, I always anyone? said I should have been born in the 1830s. <laughs> <laughs> really suits my lifestyle. <laughs> I love a good wagon. I want to die of tuberculosis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you were arrested for murder, you would. Oh, God. These are going to be annoying to read. Okay. Plead guilty, but claim self-defense. Flee the country and risk greater punishment. Plead not guilty, oh, but eventually confess. Plead guilty. Just plain plead guilty. Plead guilty, but try to get an insanity defense. Plead not guilty by reason of insanity, very close to the previous choice, and plead not guilty. Um, I'm going to go with plead guilty but claim self-defense because in reality, I'd probably be murdering a man who was trying to do something <laughs> to me if this were to happen. So going to go with that one. I'll say plead guilty but try to get an insanity defense because I think I would have snapped <laughs> if I'm murdering someone. Um... You know, in fight or flight situations, I always fly. So I'm going to say flee the country and risk greater punishment. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. I'll go on my dream vacation to another country and stay. Yeah. Okay. Here's another directly murderous question. If you killed someone, what would you do with the body? If I did it. (laughs) Leave it at the crime scene. Dump it far from my home. Cut it up and hide the pieces... (laughs) In my home. In my home. <laughs> or hide it in my home, which is the same as you just wouldn't cut it up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you dismember it or not? <laughs> but still hide it in your own house. Jesus. I'm going to go with dump it because, like, that seems like the best option for not being found. Yeah. Out. So, trying to be yeah. strategic here. Same. Like, I do not want a body in my house, cut up yeah. or not. Yeah. I'm going to also dump it because the other ones are kind of dumb. Okay. 
Oh, wow. What did we get? Okay. <laughs> so mine is basically me, um, which is Eileen Wern- Wernos. Yes. No, Wernos. 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 Yeah. So Mary got her too. Susan, what'd you get? I got Eileen Wernos. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. No, you know what? what? It's because she is the only, probably the only female serial killer on this list of options, I would think, because they're so rare. I can tell based on some of one of those questions, at least, that like John Wayne Gacy was probably a choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, um, if anyone doesn't know, so here I'm going to read the the description of her. Um, Eileen Warnos killed seven men in Florida. That's me. Between 1989 <laughs> and 1990, while she was working as a prostitute. At the time of her arrest, Warnos also you. That she had. Yeah, claimed that she had killed all of them in self-defense, also me, after they had raped or attempted to rape her. She was convicted and sentenced to death by lethal injection and was executed in 2002. You can learn more about her by visiting crimemuseum.org slash crimelibrary slash Eileen Wernos. Um, also, she is obviously the subject of the film Monster, starring Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci, which is an excellent film if you have not seen it, so check it out. All right. Well... <laughs> Kind of wish one of us had gotten Charles Manson because that would have been a great segue into the fact that this book is sort of based on Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't. So we're just going to talk about it. <laughs> Too bad. Anyway. Too bad. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So again, we are discussing The Girls by Emma Klein. And here's the Goodreads summary. Northern California during the violent end of the 1960s. At the start of the summer, a lonely and thoughtful teenager, Evie Boyd, sees a group of girls in the park and is immediately caught by their freedom, their careless dress, their dangerous aura of abandon. Soon, Evie is enthralled to Suzanne, a mesmerizing older girl, and is drawn into the circle of a soon-to-be infamous cult and the man who is its charismatic leader. Hidden in the hills, their sprawling ranch is eerie and run down, but to Evie, it is exotic, thrilling, charged, a place where she feels desperate to be accepted. As she spends more time away from her mother and rhythms of her daily life, and as her obsession with Suzanne intensifies, Evie does not realize she is coming closer and closer to unthinkable violence, and to that moment in a girl's life when everything can go horribly wrong. Bum, bum, bum. That moment. <laughs> There's only one that moment. That singular moment. Yeah. So... If that sounds familiar, it's because it's based on Charles Manson's cult, the Manson family, and the murders that they committed when they killed Sharon Tate and four other people one night. And then the following night, they killed two other people, Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. Um, the murders were carried out by four members of the Manson family, but under the direction of Charles Manson, who wasn't actually there during the first night. He was there the second night, but didn't. He was just directing people. I say just, like that makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. still he died in prison. <laughs> yeah. He also, <laughs> he just died like a couple weeks ago, which is kind of weird. It was like right, right. when I started reading yeah. this book, he died. <laughs> so Yeah, it's crazy. Um, crazy timing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there were three female defendants in that case. And one of them, um, probably the most famous one is Susan Atkins, who um, I think Suzanne is based on not just because mm-hmm. their names are Susan and Suzanne, but because of who but they also, are. But <laughs> also, we see you, Emma Klein. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that. So we'll just start with some some general thoughts and our Goodreads 
star ratings. Shall I go first? Yeah, say your yeah. name, too. Oh, yes. That. I am Kelly. Eileen Warnos. <laughs> I am Eileen Warnos. And no, I'm Kelly. And so I actually read this book. I read the um, advanced reader copy when it came out like a while. It was almost like a year ago, I think, when I read it. And um, I really loved it at that time. And when upon this reread, I also loved it again. I this like to, like super worked for me. Just like I really like books that take place in like female adolescence and sort of like follow that um, gaze of the teenage girl. And uh, I just thought it was really fascinating the way that um, Emma Klein managed to weave together like being a teenage girl and that kind of adolescence and this like murder cult story and just sort of like explain the way that this could actually happen to someone or someone could get drawn into a situation like this realistically and also sort of wove it into the future as well um, because parts of this book take place um, further along in her life when she's in middle age. I don't remember exactly how many years passed, but um, and she's sort of like reflecting on the entire situation. But anyway, I really I love her writing style. I think it's very beautiful and like simple, but I mean she makes a she makes hinging on too many like similes and metaphors, but a lot of them really work, so I think it's okay for me. Um, and I'm sure we'll we'll get to reading some of the quotes later. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to give this, I, I'm not sure if I rated it when I originally read it, because whenever I read advanced reader copies, I'm like, I shouldn't rate this right now, even though I, like, usually it doesn't change very much, but anyway, I think I'm going to rate it, uh, four, which is high for me. Yeah. It is high for you. Yes. I... I really, I enjoyed reading this book, and I agree, I really like Emma Klein's writing style. And it is, I mean, I think simple is a good way to describe it, but, I, you know, it's not simple, uh, like, insultingly simple. Right, right. It's just matter of fact, I guess. Um, and, I, and I really enjoyed her writing style, and I would be curious to see, like, some other stuff she's written. But, that being said... Uh, and the background of this, it's ever context is everything here mm-hmm. in my rating. I just finished listening to You Must Remember This, the Charles Manson um, season. Which, for those of you who don't know, is a podcast about yes. uh, old Hollywood, basically. How have I not heard that? Oh, gosh, you've got to listen to it. <laughs> I mean, I think I know I'm doing the rest of the day. I really it's need to great. listen to that podcast because I've heard so much about it and everyone loves it and I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But I mean, the thing is, is they go so in depth into the Manson murders and talk about the Manson family's relationships with other people in the Hollywood community, their relationships with show business in general. Uh, details about the murders themselves and the events surrounding the murders and then what happened after the murders when the family tried to flee to the desert. And it's so detailed and wonderful and weird. I mean, the true events of this story are so bizarre that I can't think of anything you could add to it fiction-wise to make it crazier. 
And so while I was reading the novel, though I understand the novel is mainly about Evie's relationships with other women, and especially Suzanne, who she's sort of infatuated with. I don't know. We can talk about what their relationship is later. But as I was reading it, I just kept thinking, okay, but like, why is there not more cult stuff happening? (laughs) (laughs) I just I just wanted more cult stuff. Yeah. It seems like that is a complaint that a lot of people had, which is a failure of marketing, I think, mm-hmm. because this book isn't really about the cult right. or murder. It's about this character. Yeah. And it's not about the leader of the cult either, which is like how anything about Manson would be framed. It's like he's the center of it. And this right. isn't about Yeah. Russell, who's the cult leader in the book. Mm-hmm. I just I just wish I would have known that. Because this there are so many women who were sort of tangentially related to the Manson family and drifted in and out. And they weren't really involved in the murders or arrested or anything. But they still had, like, a connection to the cult. And I, do, I just wish I would have known going in that this isn't about the Manson family. I also started thinking, like, okay, Emma Klein, why are you changing the names? Like, Susan turns into Suzanne. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. And so, like, I being so fresh from listening to You Must Remember This, I remembered all of the names. And I just started thinking, why did you even change the names? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I, like, very angrily this morning when I finished it, gave it a two. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> not but, reason. But <laughs> I think I could, I could change it to a three. I liked the book. Like, I didn't hate reading it. I enjoyed reading it. I just wanted more, more, um, I hesitate to say action, but just more stuff going on. <laughs> Yeah. It felt short, even though it wasn't short. Yeah. Well, it's very fluid, I think. Like, it's yes. easy to continue reading it. And it it definitely has a pace to it, even if nothing exactly is happening. It's constantly moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that you change it to a three, because... <laughs> <laughs> I, liked, I liked it, though. Like, I'm not saying... Well, your like two it. says otherwise, okay? I'm kidding. You're entitled to your own wrong opinions. (laughs) Um, I gave it a four. Um, This is my favorite book that I've chosen so far. I didn't really like my other ones very much, (laughs) so I'm happy. (laughs) I'm really happy that I liked this one. Um, And I think a lot of that is the writing style, though. um, I actually don't even know that much about... Like, the details of the Manson family stuff, I, d- I just know, like, really basics overview of it. You've read Helter Skelter, though, I right? have not read Helter Skelter. <gasps> I know. What? I know. Well, I'm more of a Bundy girl, so... <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, but sort of. I, I wasn't I am. That needs to be the episode title. I'm more of a Bundy girl. <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs> Consider it done. So, yeah, I I don't know that much about, like, the details. So I wasn't, like, waiting for certain things to happen or wanting more cult stuff necessarily. And I thought that, like, I really loved the sort of atmospheric stuff of the ranch and just, like, 
I also, Kelly really loved the teenage girl gaze and that narration. And she feels like a real teenage girl. Like she feels like almost kind of like me at 15. And like, I could see Mm -hmm. how something like that could happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And hopefully I'd get out of it before it got bad like she did. But, um, well, before it got real bad. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before there was murder. Um, So yeah, I give it a four. I really enjoyed it a lot. So. Good. I feel like we have pretty similar taste in stuff, Susan. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, based on our quiz answers and also other star ratings. <laughs> yes. Oh, and a quick note about the Susan Suzanne <laughs> not changing the name very much thing. As a mm-hmm. Susan, uh, sometimes <laughs> people will ask me, oh, is your real name Suzanne? As if Susan is a nickname. For Suzanne, which is no. not any shorter by syllables. That makes no sense. No. I'm like, no, Susan's a name. Yeah. Why do I have to explain that like, to adults? Okay. So Susie is a nickname. Yes. Thank you. Does anyone ever call you Susie? A select few. <laughs> I like I like What about that. what about Suze? Yeah, I get a lot of Suze, which is fine. Suze. I don't mind any of that. It's all good. And I also get a snooze from a couple of friends, <laughs> which is my favorite I, one. for one, hate being called Kel, which is something that people will try to call me, and I'll be like, um, you can't call me that, so <laughs> fucking don't. Well, if there were a book based on you loosely, that would be your name, probably. Kel. <sighs> and people would be Kel. like, who is it? I can't figure it out. Okay. <laughs> so we can... Do these questions sort of not in the order that they're here? Because we've all mentioned writing style, so maybe we should talk about that first. Um, but yeah, so there's two things to talk about here, really. And it's that it's Klein's writing style, but also Evie as a narrator. Okay, so um, we have a passage on the vulnerability of teenage girls. Um, so Klein writes, I waited to be told what was good about me. I wondered later if this was why there were so many more women than men at the ranch. All that time I had spent readying myself, the articles that taught me life was really just a waiting room until someone noticed you. The boys had spent that time becoming themselves. Oof. It's painful. So good. It's painful. Like the stuff that that she writes about being a teenager and just like how how much you are trying to just be noticed or have someone pay attention to you and all the time you spend i mean this is obviously not speaking for the experience of all teenage girls because you know not all teenage girls are straight first of all or sexual at all but for me just reading about this obsession with just every boy that turned her way like just like fixating on this person like thinking about what it would be like to be with them wondering did they notice me are they looking at me like all that kind of stuff was so like raw and real and so vulnerable that it was like it hurt reading it for sure and i loved it (laughs) i know i mean i mean when i read this passage i definitely feel like it resonates with the experience of being a teenage girl to some extent but i also wondered does this ever stop yeah (laughs) that's a good point damn it um (laughs) I don't know. Like, I've thought that sometimes, like, I'll go out and I think, oh, I look so cute tonight. I did my makeup and it looks perfect. And I'm wearing a cute dress. And then I'll see dudes that are just wearing, like... Whatever. Whatever. 
whatever. And I think, like, did they think? <laughs> it's, it reminds me of, of no. a scene in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend in, like, the first episode where there's... Sexy getting ready Yeah, song. during the sexy getting ready song where she's, like, doing all this insane shit to get ready. And then she's like, let's check on the boys. And then, like, it just cuts to a shot of the dude and he's just, like, sleeping on the couch as he, like, waits. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, you know, and that's not to say that, like... I even care that much how men choose to get ready because my thing is, is if you're getting ready, you should be doing it for yourself right? because you want to look a certain way, but I still, I know everyone's not me too. Yeah. And a lot of people feel like they have to go through a production of looking a certain way Mm -hmm. to please other people and to be noticed. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it really feels like that as a teenager, though, I think, because yeah, that's when yeah. I think that's when you notice boys noticing other people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you're like, is anyone looking at me? Yeah. Well, that's the first time it <laughs> seems important because yeah. before that it was there was no sexuality and no puberty and it was there was no like big difference between boys and girls mm-hmm. that was outlined by anything specific other than you know like all of the creeping pervasive um misogynistic tendencies in our culture but <laughs> nothing <laughs> other than that like, super aware of <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's a very successful narration from the point of view of a teenager because she also doesn't seem it doesn't fall into this trap that often happens when someone is writing from a teenage perspective where the teenager seems, like, way smarter than they should. Yeah. John Green. <laughs> <laughs> not not saying any names, but John Green. Yeah. A little bit of a problem there. But um, <laughs> I think she gets away with that and it doesn't sound like, you know, the overly smart teenager because it is her adult self kind of looking back. You know, like, it's filtered through an yeah. adult's understanding right. of that yeah. stuff. And that's, like... That's why so much of this is so resonant, like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, my God, I never thought about it like that. But that's exactly how I felt. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. From ages 13 to 18 and still occasionally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And and the nice thing about that is that, like, we see her as an adult still having these thoughts and feelings, like, to a much lesser extent. But she finds them coming out in herself, especially when she, you know, uh, develops this sort of brief friendship with a teenage girl who, you know, she ends up interacting with, which um, we can talk about in the relationship section. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you're right that probably if if it was just a teenage narration, I'd be a little bit like, why is she so good at reflecting on? <laughs> yeah. That scene where she's with um, Connie and her brother and the friend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was like, so my teenage <laughs> life yeah. where she's just like will the cute older boy like notice and it's your friend's brother and so like that's weird mm-hmm. anyway but they're like cute and older and they're just they don't give a shit that you're there though at all yeah <laughs> but they like don't. and would probably rather you, you not have painted this yeah. narrative in your head where it's like they're gonna notice me and yeah and you're just, like, trying so hard to be, like, extremely casual and, like, you don't care at all and nothing matters. I just happen to be here hanging out with you in the garage. Yeah. But, but like, I don't actually care. There's a, there's a <laughs> sentence in that in that passage that – or in, in that scene that was so good where it was, like, you know, no matter how you react around boys at that age, 
it's like if you get mad, you're a bitch. If you don't do anything, like yeah. you're this. And it was like all you can do is stand in the corner mm-hmm. they backed you into and laugh as if you're part of the joke. Exactly. And I was like, it's oh, so true. What? Because like, te- like especially like teenage boys will just fuck with you and make fun of you. Yes. And make you feel really, really small. And literally, the only thing you can do is just be like, ah ha ha, you're so right, you're so funny. Yeah. Like, isn't that terrible? <laughs> my strategy as a teenager was to be really mean to every boy. I was so mean. I was like. <laughs> like notoriously a bitch everyone was like kelly's like so mean and that was like the only way that i knew how to cope with that feeling of feeling like smaller you know yeah than Mm -hmm. than people is to just be like fine like you want to make fun of me i'll make fun of you and i will tear your self-esteem to shreds (laughs) (laughs) like well that's not what evie did no she took a different turn (laughs) (laughs) she joined a cult um, <laughs> I mean, that's what I did. <laughs> I'm kidding. I did not join a cult. We know. Mm, are you kidding? No. <laughs> <laughs> we heard about you going to those those church meets. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Church isn't a cult. Um. Anyway, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Church is not a cult. Usually, sometimes. Um. Do you want to talk about the relationships? Yeah, yeah. Yay. Let's. So, I mean, the whole book revolves around Evie's different relationships with people at different times in her life, but, like, mostly other women are the main focus, despite all that stuff we just said about boys. Um, mm-hmm. But there are three, like, key ones that I thought we could talk about that have some interesting similarities, I think. So, mm-hmm. there's Evie and Suzanne, who is – the Susan Atkins <laughs> character, um, mm-hmm. Evie and Tamar, who is her dad's girlfriend and slash secretary. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's like in her 20s. And then Evie and Sasha. So this is the teenage girl that Evie meets when Evie is middle aged and Sasha is, I think, what, like 15 or 16? Um, so I think she's maybe like 17 because I think she's living with her boyfriend. Yeah, but it didn't seem like anyone was like really yeah. watching them. <laughs> like it's true. I don't know that parental like age of emancipation really mattered there for her. I think it just yeah. like, feels like she ran away. <laughs> true. Um, okay, so I think Evie and Suzanne is like at the heart of this book, yes. like the most important relationship that she thinks about constantly and like reflects back on and was the reason that she got drawn into this situation in the first place. Um, because she sees this older girl who seems like, I think that the thing that drew Evie to Suzanne more than anything else was this like sense of effortlessness that she seemed to have Mm -hmm. and that she didn't care. And like Evie spends so much time, like many teenage girls do caring and obsessing and fixating on themselves. And Suzanne seemed above that all. So she was like fascinating to her and you can't really tell if she wants to be her or be with her which is such a typical like teenage girl situation where you're like why am i so obsessed with this girl like am i interested in her do i just envy her like or admire her but i think i think it definitely becomes clear that she is you know sexually interested in her as well what gave it away the sex the sex possibly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, or the way she constantly noticed 
when Suzanne was having sex, if she was having sex, what she was doing after she had sex. Yeah. Etc. How she looked at her after something had happened with her and yes. Russell. Yeah. This is a phenomenon I think is really interesting. The whole like girls, teenage girls not knowing whether they idolize or are attracted to other teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And this makes me think actually Emily wrote a really excellent short story about this very thing. Oh yeah, about a about a girl it's who a was obsessed with a slightly older teenage girl, and how also effortless and cool this girl seems. So I hope. I mean, I know this is a topic Emily's really interested in, so I hope she'll have some things to say about it. Um, yes, later. But this is, I don't know. It's just such an interesting dynamic. But again, I just wanted more. Yeah, I wanted something to come of it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think, though, having nothing come of it is almost more realistic because... That's true. You know, she spends all of this time thinking about Suzanne, wondering, like, is she thinking about me the same way? Does she care about me? And she never really gets an answer to that question. I think probably no. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to say. There is, like, I don't know. She seems to have some kind of, like, tenderness toward Evie, at least, but... She is sort of, well, she is, like, the reason, I guess, that Evie wasn't involved in the actual murders. Yes. She sort of saves Evie from having that to deal with for the rest of her life. Um, Right. And goes into it knowing, like, full well what it's going to be herself. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm coming fresh off of all this Manson family info. Hit me with it. Yeah, and Susan Atkins was, like, the sexy lure (laughs) for the Atkins family, right? Like, she was a stripper at one point, I think. Yeah. And she was super attractive, and Manson recruited her in part because he thought she could recruit other people Mm -hmm. because she was so attractive. And they sort of used her to get other people to join. So when I first started reading, I was like, oh, that's obviously what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretending she's interested, but I don't know that that's what um, Klein intended us to think. Well, I think it's supposed to be less straightforward than that, especially because we see Evie like trying several times to like insert herself into this world and like, you know, get Suzanne's attention. But that could also just be Suzanne's strategy of, of, making her care more by pretending to care less, which always works, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, she Um, seemed hesitant at first. Like, the first time that Evie goes there, she seemed hesitant to let her come along because she seemed really young. Right. So, yeah, I don't think it's as – I guess it's not as simple as what Susan Atkins was doing, which, by the way, it's really funny that she's, like, the sex pot lure of the group because, like (laughs) – she just looks kind of dirty. I don't know if you've looked at pictures of her. I did earlier, though. <laughs> I have not. I'm going to have to look it up. Not uh, what you'd expect. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's real-time reaction. And, like, I'm not – she's not unattractive, and I'm not – I don't want to, like, judge women based on their looks because, geez, of course I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I'm yeah. like, was she, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) 
I'm looking now. I can see maybe. I mean, it's hard when you can't see someone in motion. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. she probably had like a sexy vibe to her or something. I'm sure she did. Something. She had something going on, but. Yeah. Um, well, and a lot of like what the way that Suzanne is described too has a lot to do with like the vibe and not necessarily. I mean, like, there's talk about her body and her yeah. hair and all that stuff, but there's also some sort of mentions of, like, like kind of an unconventional attractiveness. Right. So I think it's more right. about that, like, effortless, I don't care attitude. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Attraction is a weird thing in general. Yeah, it dude, is. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Attraction is a weird thing in general. And again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to talk about attraction again once we get to talking about Russell slash Charles Manson. But oh yeah, Russell. for now. Um, what about the other two on here? So Evie and her dad's girlfriend Tamar, and then Evie and Sasha. Tamar is really interesting to me mm-hmm. because she provides this whole other perspective that almost is like what Evie could become. To me, yes. I mean, because she is still pretty young, but older than Evie. And she seems like the type of woman who has, like Evie describes, you know, spent a lot of time preparing herself to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's in a relationship with a man who has a position of power over her. And it seems nice from the outside i guess like she seems taken care of to some extent but at the same time she seems deeply unhappy Mm -hmm. like she doesn't even like the man she's with yeah (laughs) because she is young and she wants to like have fun and like sort of be young but then she's like also wants this life of luxury that he provides for her and you can tell towards the end of their relationship that she is not really in love with him like at all Maybe she was initially because he paid attention to her, you know. Um, And because there was that element of, like, he's married and stuff, which can be exciting, I suppose. But uh, in the end, like, you know, she – I'm pretty sure Evie mentions that she leaves him. Mm -hmm. So – but it is interesting just, like, the way that their relationship evolves and the way that Evie sort of, like, idolizes her but then also sort of, like – has this distaste for her at the same time because she, you know, is so, like, perfect in certain ways. And Evie, like, doesn't understand how, like, to be that way or why you would want – like, especially the more that she gets involved in stuff at the ranch, she's like, like, why does she want to live this closed-off life and whatever else? It's – it's was surprising to me that they even had any kind of relationship, though, because I like if I was a teenage girl and that happened, I'd probably be like, "Oh, what a bitch!" <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, but it was, I guess, especially because like her mom, the relationship with her mom was like totally falling apart. That she had this other yeah person who was more sort of like her. I yeah. guess I think that's why, like, why they were able to have that because yeah her she basically like blamed her mom for 
And, like, her relationship with her mother is really interesting, too. The way that she puts all this anger on her mom for what happened to their family, even Mm -hmm. though it's clearly not her mom's fault. But sometimes when you love someone – because, like, I think Evie does love her mom. Yeah. Because – but when you're a teenage girl, it's so easy to just put all of your anger towards a person that you love because you're, like – you see that they're weak and that they've been hurt and you are angry at them for letting that happen to themselves. And you just, like, explode in anger the way that she does multiple times at her mom, basically because her mom was, like, something wrong is done to her mother. And then she's like, I'm mad at you for letting that happen, for making it happen. Yeah. And it's really weird that she takes out so much anger on her mom about dating a married guy while, Mm -hmm. like, none of that anger goes toward her dad or Tamar for their relationship before – you know, when he was still married, too. <laughs> right. So it does get blamed on, like, the mom for being, like you said, like, weak or something. Let yeah. it happen. Um, and then Sasha is – so basically in this framing story, we have um, – Evie is house-sitting, and she's in her middle age, and she is just sort of, like, a drifter at this point in her life. Like, she doesn't really seem to have an occupation. She just sort of, like, house-sits or plant-sits or does, like – uh, at home care for elderly people or whatever like job that she can get um, in that sense where she's just kind of like caretaking in various ways. Um, and she's uh, like looking over a house for an old friend of hers and she's there. And while she's there, the son of that friend like shows up with his girlfriend and they're both mm-hmm. like he I think is like, you know, very late teens or early 20s. He's like in college And then the girl is, like, at the end of high school, towards the end of high school. Um, And I – this was one of my favorite things about this book was the relationship between Sasha and her boyfriend. Um, Julian. Julian. Okay. He – so the relationship between Sasha and Julian was so reminiscent of, like, my high school relationship – just like the the way – there's a scene where – so Evie starts talking to them, obviously, because they show up and they're like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I'm watching the house. And so she – they kind of like encourage her to sort of hang out with them. But there's this weird like relationship that develops between Evie and Sasha because Julian gets up early to go deliver drugs or something and leaves yeah. Sasha behind. And Sasha's upset because she thought she was going with him and – So she and Evie sort of start talking and they drink together and they go to a bar and they just sort of like have this weird little connection where Evie is like seeing this girl and feels so much like she understands her. And yet at the same time, she like can't reach her because you just like when you are at that point in your life as a young person, like no one can reach you despite knowing that they have gone through the exact same experiences. Like, even if you're, like, I remember, like, my mom or, like, my older cousins or my aunts or whatever just, like, talking to me about things. And I would just think to myself, like, I I know that you went through this, but I just, like, don't feel like you understand. (laughs) Even though they totally did understand, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, the relationship between Sasha and her boyfriend is this relationship of, like, being with someone and just feeling so much affection towards them and love and just wishing that they would pay attention 
back to you the same amount and they don't, but then you just like keep up, keep making up excuses for them or all this stuff. Like, and just this part where they're at a table and they're having a conversation and like she is, uh, Sasha is sitting there and like Julian has a friend over and the two guys are like talking to each other and Sasha's just sitting there quietly, like sort of trying to follow along the conversation and not saying anything. And every once in a while asking a question and she just sort of gets ignored. And it just reminds me so much of, of being a teenager in a relationship with a guy and hanging out with his friends and just feeling so out of place, but trying to seem personable and cool while also feeling this extreme vulnerability that at any moment this boy is going to just change his mind about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I really loved that. And actually there's a a quote that you have in here, which is um, the one that I had bookmarked that I love, um, which we have under the sexuality and desire section, but this, Mm -hmm. um, I think, was she talking about Sasha in this part? I think possibly. Yeah, I think so. Like Sasha and yeah. Julian. Because it yeah. says, um, I'll just read this one too, even though I've been talking for a thousand years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I love this. So, so much of desire at that age was a willful act, trying so hard to slur the rough, disappointing edges of boys into the shape of someone we could love. We spoke of our desperate need for them with rote and familiar words like we were reading lines from a play. Later, I would see this, how impersonal and grasping our love was, pinging around the universe, hoping for a host to give form to our wishes. And just, like, the trying to slur the rough, disappointing edges of boys <laughs> into yeah. the shape of someone we could – like, that's such an excellent line because it's just exactly that feeling of, like, this person is not what I want them to be, and they never will be, but <laughs> they are in my head in this, like, fake relationship that I've created – in my fantasy. Yeah, so. this relationship that only I'm in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, been there, girl. Been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, should we talk about Russell Manson? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him. But Russell um, Manson. Uh, yeah. So Russell is the cult leader who is based on Charles Manson, um, as we've said. And... Uh, he's interesting, but I kind of... Uh, <laughs> he sounds gross and creepy. Yeah. As is Manson. Like... Me, yes. <laughs> but, like, the way physically that he is described is basically the description of Charles Manson to a T. Like, mm-hmm. it is, like, dark-haired, bearded, short, but, like, sturdy. Like, he's short but made a muscle. Mm-hmm. Hairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite part is when she... Uh, realizes that his sideburns are drawn on with like yes, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, I like to think that was like a personal dig at Charles Manson for some reason. You know, like just yes, <laughs> you can't like, even grow like she sideburns. has some kind of vendetta against him. Um, yeah, and he's you know he's of course as a cult leader charismatic, and everyone just like hangs on his every word, and he pals around with. Um, famous people and gets money from them and you know eventually kills some uh also he's just a like a rapist basically so that's one thing that we're not talking about right now but yeah he's (laughs) a rapist who convinces people that he's not raping them like during raping them he's like you want this like i can tell just open up to me you're so special you're a beautiful flower who needs to be you know handled with care so just let me 
It's like mm-hmm. that kind of rapist, which is horrible, as all yeah. rapists are. Right. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah he does, you know, he has sexual relationships with, like, basically all of the women in on this ranch um, and just expects that yeah. of all of them. Assuming some of those kids belong to him. Yeah. I think I think it was implied that most of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Fun story. <laughs> Fun real life Charles Manson story. Yes, I was hoping you had some of these. Yeah. Sort of like at the highest point of the cult, every night Manson would personally direct huge orgies. And he would say, like, who had to have sex with who. Oh, he's, like, he really directing. how they had to do it. Yeah. Interest. Yeah, I don't mean he just, like, they had an orgies. He would tell everyone <laughs> what they what their part was. He didn't say, you over go here. have an orgy. He said. No. He said, Susan, Suzanne. Here's how we're going to do it. Wow. And, I mean, I think we're supposed to believe like most of the kids in the cult were his. Yeah. But also if anyone else had a kid, it's because he told them to have sex. Right. So like yeah. every kid was planned. Yeah. In a way by him, whether it was his kid or not. Yeah. Super messed up. Yeah. And everyone was so under his thrall and manipulated by him that they were just like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. This is fine. In the book, uh, he is very adamant that the children sort of like grow up as like like group parenting. This is like Mm -hmm. what we thought Perfect Little World would be like when we read it. Yeah, Yeah, this is the trashy shit we wanted from Perfect Little World that we couldn't get. But still not quite Mm -hmm. trashy enough for Mary. Right. (laughs) Yes. The prude. I need more. The prude needs more sex and trash. You know, I like a good murder. I need more cult trash. Yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, so he he basically, you know, which is sad because, like, it seems like some of these women are possibly interested in mothering their children but yeah they can't really do that the kids just sort of like run around and everyone just has this like sort of like careless attitude towards them because they know that if they get too close to them other people are going to be watching them and thinking things and all this stuff so some of them don't really seem to care about the kids though yeah. like there's a part where a kid is playing and goes in the water mm-hmm. <laughs> And someone who is visiting the ranch is like, oh my gosh, I've got to save this kid. And they're like, what? Yeah. He's just in the water. Yeah, he's in a, in a swimming pool that we can't look at. He's like far away. He's fine. And he's what? like a three-year-old child. And this guy who's visiting is like... Y'all are um, fucking crazy. He's too young <laughs> to be in this pool by himself unsupervised. And they're like, yeah, he's fine. That's the point where he draw that kid draws the line. Because he had, like, c- like driven Evie to the ranch, yes. like, given her a ride to the ranch. And so she brought him inside because she was like, oh, he's cute. He's a college boy or whatever. Like, they'll be glad I brought someone. And then he is clearly just, like, a normal person who is like, what the fuck is going on here? Because he, like, is obviously interested in her. But the second he, like, gets in there, he's like, whoa. Like, this is bad shit. And then yes. once the thing with the child happens, he literally is like, you all are horrible people. <laughs> and then Evie's like, 
oh, he's so embarrassing. Like, (laughs) What's so interesting, though, about that is, like, seeing it through his eyes, yeah, it sounds, like, crazy and gross, but, like, the first time that Evie's there and we see the ranch and even Russell, Mm -hmm. despite, like, the gross shit that happens with him, but, like, seeing him and all these other girls through her eyes and the ranch, despite it being dirty and, like, disgusting and full of farm animals, it sounds like glowy and wonderful kind of like (laughs) idyllic in some way yeah and and, like i've never i've never done acid but like (laughs) (laughs) i was like acid so it's kind of cool though like (laughs) it all sounded so like yeah like why wouldn't you just get together with a bunch of people and like drop acid and like hang out and look at the stars it sounds great um (laughs) knowing full well this is like a straight up cult and no one has bathed and they're all having orgies and like there are llamas they're actual llamas. They're actual llamas. <laughs> and there's a lot of chores. Like, that's not cool. But even yeah, that part like, sounded like, always, like, oh, peeling chores. potatoes She's and just stuff. cleaning the floors. Like, how lovely. I don't, mm-hmm. that's, which I think is more credit to the writing style. Like, it, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. Okay. So do we have any other thoughts about um, the girls before we wrap up this section? I would recommend it. Needs more murder. I would recommend it. Mary thinks it needs more murder. Susan would recommend it. Um, and we'll hear Emily's thoughts on our next episode. I would I would recommend it. I would recommend you read it before you listen to You Must Remember This. <laughs> don't, don't find out everything about Charles Manson no. first and then read it. Just go in fresh. Yeah. Which yeah. I did. I knew very little about it other than yeah. like that he murdered a movie star or whatever. Or directed the murder of the movie story. Yes. All right. So, stuff we're into. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Where? We're into. Hmm. Right now. That didn't work. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, who wants to go first? I will, I will, I will. I wish I would have thought about this a little more. I have one, so I'll go. Susan has You can think while I talk. Don't even listen to me. Okay. (laughs) You can listen later. This is going to, again, shock you. It's a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's not new or anything. I'm not supposed to be listening. It's just (laughs) – well, be respectful at least. Like, pretend. Um, (laughs) It's not a very new podcast or anything, but my sister-in-law, who is um, a Book Squad Goals fan, Austin, she recommended this to me, and I haven't stopped listening since, and it is, like, the funniest shit I've heard in so long. It is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Yes! (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I have heard about this, and I've heard, like, segments of it, and I keep needing to listen to it. Oh, funny. So, it's these three British people. (laughs) Um... (laughs) One of whom has a father, a 60-year-old father, whose pen name is Rocky Flintstone, and he wrote a porno, like a novella. And it's bad. <laughs> like, the writing is really terrible, but he just sits- Isn't they go, it called, like, Belinda Blinks or something? <laughs> blinked. Blinked. Past sorry, tense. Blinked. But yes, it is. And that sentence comes up a lot in the porno for no reason at all. Um, But- so he reads it out loud a chapter at a time to his two friends who just are constantly stopping him and are like, wait, what the fuck did you just say? Like, that sentence doesn't make sense. Or 
what did he do to her vulva? Like, <laughs> it's a really <laughs> – now we're going to get an explicit tag for – I mean, we saying. always do because we say fuck all the time, so. Oh, yeah. What am me. I even talking about? No, I do too. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it's probably why my mom doesn't listen because she hates when I swear. But um, anyway, uh, so she really probably wouldn't like this – my dad wrote a porno podcast either because there's some swearing for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a chapter at a time and it's, it's so funny. Like I have been crying, laughing at it and just like howling. It's so, so good. Um, so I highly recommend you check that out. I just did a quick Google and these books are real. Yes, they're real. Yeah. He, they're self-published, mind you. Um and you'll see why. I feel like they've probably gotten a lot more, um, like, purchases since this podcast has come out. Because I think oh, it's yeah, a pretty definitely. popular podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because there's – yeah, it became a series, too. So um, I'm still just on the first season, so I'm in the first book. But I know that there are more after that. And I wouldn't recommend buying the book, though, because, like, nah. you have to hear it out loud in a British accent. It's just the way it's meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> the full title of the first book is Belinda Blinked. A modern story of sex, erotica, and passion. How the sexiest sales girl in business earns her huge bonus by being the best at removing her high heels. Oh my god. That's yeah. the title. And that's why it's shortened to Belinda Blinked, because that is a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Then there's Belinda Blinked 2, the continuing story of dripping sex, passion, and big business deals. Dripping? Keep following the sexiest sales girl in business as she earns her huge bonus by removing her silk blouse. Oh my god. Dripping is such a That is the title. Okay, the dripping <laughs> thing is indicative of like the weird adjective choices that this author makes. Like it is strange. Like at one point he says that her breast hung freely like pomegranates. Oh my god. What? And it's just like what? That's not sexy. <laughs> I don't get it. So it's like it's very surprising choices that are in no way sexy. So it won't turn you on or anything. You'll just laugh don't at it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about getting turned on. You won't. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that's what I'm into right now. <laughs> I do have a thing I'm into. Um I hate to admit that I'm into this, but I recently started watching the TV show This Is Us. <laughs> and uh. I've seen advertisements for it, and I'm like, I hate it. I haven't even seen it, and I hate it. But when I went home for Thanksgiving, my entire family told me to watch it. And they all said, you should watch it because there's a fat character in it. Oh, my God. This is applicable to your what? research, right? And I started watching it, and I hate the fat character more than anything else on the show. It's just like, I hate all of the characters except for one. Is it Sterling K. Brown that you don't hate? Yes, because he's the best. <laughs> of course. But I can't stop watching it. Yeah. I have a lot of friends who really love that show, and I'm just like, I can't bring myself to participate in this. But On a Different note, though, I will say I'm also really into the new Hulu series, The Runaways, oh. um, which is based on a series of comic books. And I have not read the comics yet, but the TV show is really funny and um, full of twists. It's about these kids, these teenagers who find out their parents are actually supervillains. Ooh. Ooh. 
And then they have to decide, what do we do? So, there's a dinosaur in it. Enough said. Yeah. Superheroes and a dinosaur. What more do you need? Honestly, nothing. Um, Mine is going to be a music recommendation, which many people have probably heard of her, but... Um, her it's a singer, songwriter, guitarist, etc. Can I guess? Can I you guess? You can guess. Julian Baker. No, but I do love her. She's great. Phoebe Bridgers. No, but she's also great. Angela and Angel Olsen. Yes, it's Angel Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Nice. Okay, I, the reason I'm recommending because like she came out with a new album this year, um, but it came out a while which ago, which is phenomenal. It's so good. It's like it's so good, and her her previous albums are also really really wonderful. Um, but her most recent album, she also just came out like very recently with a collection of like B sides and sort and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But her album that she came out with is called uh, My Woman, and it is. So fucking good, guys. And I just went to see her play last night, which is why I am recommending this now. um, Because I just was reminded seeing her live that she's just so, like, she's such, like, a charismatic performer, which I was not expecting because she has, she's very, like, you know, has this, like, really pretty voice. And, like, I was just expecting it to be more of, like, a typical, like, indie acoustic show where it's, like, you know, you watch them play and it's good. But she was, like, dancing. She was, like, mm-hmm. really fun to watch. And just her music is really beautiful. And she has this sort of, like, slightly odd voice that you at first are, like, what are you doing with your voice? And then all of a sudden you're, like, I love this. So um, <laughs> definitely recommend checking that out if you haven't listened to her yet. So, wait, what's the newest one? The newest, like, album? The album is called My Woman. Gotcha. My favorite song from that album is Shut Up and Kiss Me. Me too. It's excellent. (laughs) Well, that sounds like my kind of jam. It's great. But my other – I have, like, two favorite songs by her, and one of them is um, called Unfuck the World, and it's an excellent song. And then my other favorite song by her is called – I think it's called The Acrobat or either Acrobat or The Acrobat. It's so great. And there's this one line where she says, uh, you are the witch. I am your cat. And it's so Mm -hmm. pretty. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's a beautiful song, too. So, yeah, check her out, please. Yeah, also check out Phoebe Bridgers and... (laughs) And Julian Baker. (laughs) Julian Baker, because they're good, too. And they also both just came out with uh, new albums. Yep. And they are both... Women, singer, songwriters, yep. guitar focus. Honestly, literally all I do <laughs> these days is listen to like women singer songwriters because I don't got patience or time for men. Just kidding. I, Phoebe, but, Phoebe Bridgers has a song called Motion Sickness. It's such a good song. And the chorus is I've got emotional motion sickness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so good. Also, while we're at it, might as well recommend some other sing- women singer-songwriters. Mitski, one of my faves. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Margaret Glass. Oh, I love her too. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, uh, Laura Marling is always solid. She's yes. like one of my all-time favorites. So I feel like afterwards I'm just going to be like, Kelly, tell me yes. more. <laughs> Can you <laughs> guys this genre? seriously <laughs> just put all of these on the Google Doc for me? Because like I need – I need yeah. music recommendations because all I do is listen to podcasts. So I need help. Yes. So put them in the Goog. I w- in the Goog doc. We can do that. Thank you. Put them in the Goog. 
<laughs> Mary's like writing it right now. I can see her doing it. Um, okay, so that has been stuff we're into. This has been stuff we're into. Really quickly, I want to plug um, an episode of new podcast, Everything Trying to Kill You, which is hosted by friend of the show, Mary Kay, um, and Megan also. Uh, and this week, they released an episode about The Lure, which is a mermaid horror movie. The whole podcast is about horror essentially so every episode they talk about it and it's like it's similar to our podcast in that it's like funny girls talking about shit so (laughs) they also have an episode about the craft that's really good yeah so and an episode about dracula the reason we are plugging this specific episode is because emily is on it um so i'm gonna read the episode description for you to make it all the more enticing What makes the half-woman, half-fish cryptid stand the test of time? What's the difference between a mermaid and a siren? What is it about them that makes them scary? Who told the little mermaid best? And most importantly, how do mermaids have sex? Megan and Mary Kay and their lovely guest Emily from Book Squad Goals answer all these questions and more. Okay, I'm tuning in just to find out how mermaids have sex. Same. I listened to this episode this morning. And what a treat. How do mermaids have sex? Like, it, they go into it, and honestly, like, it's the question everyone wants to know the answer to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious now. Also, it's worth mentioning, the lore is a musical. It is? <laughs> it is. I didn't know that. I, I really want to watch it. For some reason, I was expecting it to, like, be a thing in theaters and stuff, but – it didn't happen because I remember seeing like the poster before and then mm-hmm. I just like didn't hear anything about it after that. So, but yeah, it's a mermaid horror musical. What do we got on the vlog, guys? I just wrote something. Oof. What's um, right? Oof. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, like, what do we got uh, on the block? I thought it was like, oops, oops Susan, Susan wrote, wrote, wrote something. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no. Um, I wrote something about Gerald's Game, the the new film Ooh, adaptation of sexy. Stephen King's novel, Gerald's Game. It's not sexy, Mary. It's <laughs> It looked sexy. Mm, it No. It starts – it looks like it might get be sexy <laughs> for a second. It gets fucking scary, though. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's a scary movie, not a sexy movie. Um. It looks sexy. Much like Belinda Blink. So, like, maybe that's. Much <laughs> scarier than it's meant to be. <laughs> um. No, and anyway, I just reviewed it and, like, I love it. And there's some mild spoilers in there, but really nothing that's not in the trailer. So, um, if you watch the trailer, you can read the post and see what I thought about it. And then you can go watch it on Netflix. It's really, really good. Except for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> wow spoiler Uh, well i'm telling people so they can stop it early and just pretend it didn't happen (laughs) stop at the like last 10 minute mark and you'll be good yeah um we also have ongoing recaps of are you the one and riverdale um the riverdale recaps 
uh, have been fun. It's Mary and I writing them, and we're doing, like, hapsies. It's just such a hot mess of a show. It's, like, so bad. It's so bad. Um, So that's that. And I think that's it for our blog stuff right now. Um, But, yeah, there's always no- new stuff coming up unexpected little surprises and treats so check it out um and please follow us on facebook twitter instagram and goodreads at book squad goals wait wait what's our next episode though i am getting to it oh i'm sorry it sounded like you were ending (laughs) i'm not ending i'm just reminding people oh my god i'm sorry okay start over (laughs) i'll shut up (laughs) no um also, we have a giveaway uh, that's happening because our next episode – well, oh, that doesn't work that way. Okay. The next book that we're doing, <laughs> which is two episodes from now, <laughs> uh, so that's in a month, is The Book of Speculation by Erica Swiler. Uh, it's also about mermaid things and just general fantasy and cool stuff like that. Um, so read it. Read along with us. And if you want, please enter the giveaway. To access the giveaway, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but also go to booksquad.inc and then click giveaway at the top of the page. Um, The giveaway is going to be a copy, a free copy of the book, as well as um, various magical and mermaid goodies. Also a copy of Erica Swiler's short story, The Mermaid Girl, um, which I have a copy of to give to you and yeah please do it's gonna be fun i already started reading it i'm enjoying it it's very like uh fairy tale-y so if you're into that kind of stuff um check it out and uh, let us know your thoughts go on goodreads we'll have a little discussion thing up comment if you have anything you want us to talk about during the episode um and please enter the giveaway you just have to rate and review us on itunes and then send us an email at booksquad goals at booksquad.inc that's our email address send us an email there um and let us know your itunes name so that we can see that you reviewed us and you can re-enter the like you can enter the giveaway as long as you haven't won a previous giveaway um just remind us what your thing is on itunes and that is booksquadgoals.inc i-n-k like a squid yes it sure is um, and then, so that's our next book episode, but for our next mini-sode, which will be coming out in two weeks, um, we're going to have our mini-sode, and it's going to be on Star Wars. are still going that was the answer um anyway yeah that's that basically the whole episode is just gonna be that yes um on a loop um (laughs) so yeah let us know if you see it we are gonna be doing a very quick turnaround because the movie is coming out the same weekend that we are recording and then publishing like basically a couple days later so it's gonna be exciting yes please send us your comments or thoughts um beforehand if you want right after you see the movie which i'm sure all of you are going to opening night probably i'm going on a saturday morning because it was sold out so quickly here that i couldn't get i i bought my tickets like four days later and they were all sold out so oh my gosh Anyway, 
Um, yeah, we're really excited about that. We all love Star Wars, so going to be a good time. Can't wait to see my boyfriend, Oscar Isaac, on a big mm. screen again. And then his boyfriend, John Boyega. You wish, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have we have a longstanding disagreement about whether Finn Poe is a thing or not. It's not a thing. It's it's probably a it's thing, not yeah. a thing. Um, please weigh in with your opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At any of our social media outlet thingies, which is at Book Squad Goals on all of the thingies. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else to say? I feel like I've been talking for so long. No, just uh, we'll, we'll see you on the thingies. We'll see you all on the thingies. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> That went as well as it could have, right? <laughs> <laughs>